And now on Tucson Business Radio, let's find out how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise with your host, Karen Fisher. Good afternoon, my fellow Tucsonans and all of our internet radio listeners from around the globe. I am broadcasting remotely from Tucson, Arizona. We had snow yesterday. This is Karen Fisher, and you are listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. I am super excited to have a, well, actually a long-term friend now. We've known each other for years, but an amazing rock star marketer. My special guest today is the infamous Ann Bennett. And Ann, welcome. Thank you, Karen. um, This is great. It, it, we are going to have so much fun. I love, you know, there's some things that's happened with um, the whole shutdown as far as the technology, but I think that global reach has been a lot of fun. But let me tell my listeners a little bit about you, because I know a brief bit about the bio, and I do want you to tell the story of walking in New York, what changed sure. your life and some sure. of those things. But I'll be happy to. Behind the scenes, um, I want to let people know that Ann Bennett, she is the founder of Renegade Branding, which is so much fun. And you've literally spoken all across the country throughout the entire world. You are a best-selling author. You are a coach yourself and a brand profit builder. You're going to talk a little bit about that, a little bit more about that. You have shared this age with such amazing international thought leaders, such as Les Brown, Sandra Yancey, who's the CEO of eWomen Network, and Adam Markle, who is the former CEO of Peak Potentials, try saying that fast, Peak Potentials yeah. <laughs> Personal Development Programs. <laughs> and you've created, you use your marketing and branding. I know it's a lot, but you work um, a lot with uh, female entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. a few very smart men. Right. Tell me about your journey a little bit. Well, you know, I, my, I originally was uh, a painter, <laughs> an artist, and I, um, I left California. I'm originally from California. I was a surfer girl. I went to UCSB. I grew up in the South Bay area. And I left and went to New York to be a part of the art world in about 1980. And it was a little bit like Gidget goes to hell in a sense of it's such an extreme change. But uh, once I got there and kind of got my groove on, it was really fun to be in the art world in the 80s. It was really happening and hopping and I ended up buying a, a loft in the East Village, actually, and, and living there for quite a while, 25 years. And um, I think for me, you know, New York was just this place that you had to go. I had to go. I felt really drawn to go there. My father was like, stay home, be a teacher. You know, you're not going to make any money being an artist. <laughs> I love that when people tell me stuff like that. Because, you know, if I hear a no, that's a very inspirational push for me to go in that direction. I'm a little bit of a renegade in that way. But, you know, I I ended up working at Popular Mechanics. I was the first woman in the art department. I worked for all the major magazines that everybody knows about. And I ended up the last five or six years at Vogue magazine. And uh, one day, you know, we were talking about this off off, uh, record a minute ago. But one day I was, uh, it was like one of those clear, California days, we call them in New York, where it's the clear sky and it's beautiful. The weather's nice. It's just awesome. And so I'm walking up Fifth Avenue, you know, drinking a latte and getting ready to go to work. And I see these people standing across the street and they're all looking up in the sky. And I'm like, what? So I turn and I look up just in time to see the first plane hit the World Trade Center. It was in a moment that was like, curse, my mouth was open and I was like, I can't believe what I just saw, but it really changed my DNA. It changed everything about my trajectory. It was like, I was like the it girl at Vogue and it was all about art shows and selling my work and doing all this stuff all about, I'm so cool. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it was like, what is going on? And it, it just turned out to be for me, a very big turning point to uh, wanting to contribute and wanting to do something that would change the world and have it be a better place for all of us to live. And I was like, well, how can I, how can I do that? You know, I'm not, I'm just this artist. I I spend most of my time alone. And, and I was like, I'm going to take 
the storytelling capacity that I have from doing magazines and, and writing headlines and putting all the visuals together. And I'm gonna help entrepreneurs who want to really make a big difference in the world, that wanna take their passion and what they care about and really use their personalities to explode their uh, visibility and their profits. So that's why I headed off in that direction. Never looking back. <laughs> that's that's amazing. But and then you're not in New York now. You've moved. I moved from back New to York California. To California. My mom, uh, my father yeah. had passed away, and my mom needed some help. She was pretty much in dementia by that time. So I came back to California and decided to uh, start my business. And that's basically it's what I just. Did. And which is just amazing. And then as far as with that journey and that, I mean, I just can't even imagine everybody remembers where they were oh, when 9-11 happened. You know, they just, you just absolutely that, that moment in time. And that must've been just an amazing surreal thing because I know when we first saw, you know, saw what was happening because I remember me personally, my mother, I'm getting our daughter ready to go to school and my mother calling me and saying, you know, are you watching television? And I'm like, no, because we don't, I mean, Scott and I will watch TV, but it's only at night. I never turn it on during the day, never in the morning, anything like that. And she's like, and so it turned it on. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't have time to deal with this right now. I've got to get Allison ready to go to school and stuff like that. And I looked and it, it didn't, nobody knew what was really happening. We mm -hmm. just saw, so when I turned on the television to try to figure out what my mom was so crazy hysterical about, that's when I saw it was the second plane that hit. And then it was just like, I don't know what this means, but I, I, um, I was a mortgage a loan originator already at that time. Mm -hmm. And the whole bond market shut down and everything like that. And I just remember for the next two to three days, like the bond market was shut down, the stock market was shut down. And all of these changes about having delayed closings or people signing or this time or the other things that make you like make people crazy as they're trying to plan their move. None yeah. of it mattered. Everybody was cool. Everybody was fine. They just like, you know, and, and how do we take care of each other? But it also mm -hmm. launched, um, launched me in a way of, of um, fierce protection of those that are closest to me, not just my family, but also my friends and coworkers and uh, collecting those tribes. Like I, you know, really conscientiously filling my life with really good and positive people of which, and you are obviously one of them. Oh, been, thank you. I'm trying to think how many years we go back when we first met, but you just oh, enjoy. It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. It's probably been about eight years, I think. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah, I think that was that's the biggest thing when you you're you're experiencing that kind of peak emotional impact on something. It really jars you at your core, and it really gives you. I mean, it's kind of like what we're experiencing now, right? It yes. gives you the opportunity to really go inward and dial into what do you really care about? What do you really what is your purpose of being here? What do you, what do you want to kind of dedicate your life to? And, you know, we all have talent, skills, and abilities, but sometimes they start to feel like uh, they're not really where your heart wants to go. Mm -hmm. And when yeah. things like that happen, you immediately adjust. You know, we all immediately, when I, all my friends in New York, we all immediately adjusted to uh, what do we really care about and who do we want to be with? So it was like what you were saying. It's like building your tribe and you're being in a community of like-minded people and and really um, loving each other. You know, yes. Each other. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one of the things since that time that's happened is is the number of entrepreneurs and business owners that you have really helped them to create their own impact. So let's, let's talk it. And I love what you say in terms of where to go. It says, Anne works with purpose-driven entrepreneurs who do transformational work so that they can liberate and ignite their unique genius, authentic voice, and build a profitable brand, uh, brand platform. Because that's one thing that, um, you know, one of the 
issues that I hear sometimes from entrepreneurs, and I think you'll hear this some, I've heard it sometimes as well, is like, oh, they don't know quite what they should be charging or what they should do. And they, oh, I, I just do it because I love it, not because they're there to make a profit, but it's important to be able to make a profit. And it's okay to make a profit because of the impact that you could do as far as growing people. So let's let's talk about, um, and I love, I absolutely love your slogan. And I wanna talk more about this, about it's it's smart to fit in. That's what a lot of people do. They, they, they do what they can to fit in and not ruffle mm -hmm. any feathers. Right. But think about this. This is what she says. It's smart to fit in, but it's brilliant to stand out. And, yeah, and I like to add brilliant and profitable. Brilliant and profitable. <laughs> I love it. To stand um, out. And, and, you know, I remember one time um, you were actually one of the guest speakers when I was one of the Tucson managing directors at the mm -hmm. Tucson chapter. This is, again, it has to be eight, nine years ago, um, where uh, we, I'll remember we were at the Hacienda del Sol. It was such a cool place and we had so much fun. And one of the, um, it was, uh, you, you said, you talked about branding like Madonna. Mm-hmm. Tell us and the listeners a little bit more about what you mean by that. Like, you know, it's so interesting, Karen, because I always am about iterate to awesome, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, get yourself going, okay? The biggest thing for anybody is to just get it out there, especially entrepreneurs, we want to make it perfect, but mm -hmm. you really just get it out there and get it started. And then you tweak and iterate and change. And so that whole concept of marketing like Madonna has changed quite a bit over the last eight or nine years, right? So now yeah. I have created these brand archetypes so that people can start to understand the essence of who they are and how you can take that and actually make visual and make, and make all the different marketing kind of avenues and make your message align with that. And Madonna is one of those that I'm using now. I call her, I call it the disruptor. So there's like these four archetypes. There's the nurturer, I use uh, Oprah, Madonna, the disruptor, Steve Jobs, the innovator, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg as the geek. And so it's a, just a way, it's kind of a fun game to like identify your essence as one of those four characters so that you can begin to, to use those attributes in your marketing, in your branding, in how you photographs are taken, it really, it really ripples out into everything that you do. And, you know, the thing with Madonna that I always like talking about is, you know, she is a disruptor, she's bold, she's brassy, she's got a point of view. And you want to think for yourself in your own business, how can I have a point of view that's different than the next person who's saying, or they're, they're doing the same service I'm doing. So you don't want to talk about the service as much as you want to talk about your point of view about what's happening it becomes a lot. So give us an example about that. So like with one of your clients that yeah, I know you've got several that you've worked with. So give us a, um, you know, so somebody that's maybe a lot of work with, uh, ironically with um, PhD psychologists and financial advisors. I love my financial advisors. They're very, you know, everything's compliant and everything's, you know, there's a real structure that they have to live inside of. And I'm always looking for gray area, right? I'm always looking for, well, can we push you out a little bit over here to make something a little more distinct? And um, it's interesting, one of my, um, my most recent clients, we, I, I teach people how to write manifestos. And so I had her write a manifesto about um, financial planning like what it actually means to people. And for my financers, since I'm a disruptor, I always say, well, why don't you say something like live rich, die broke? Because like, then you have a really good life, right? And you can use your money the way you want to. But like, you know, people are like, huh? It's kind of like a head whipping hook, right? But I think um, for this one particular client, she wrote this whole manifesto around you deserve to use your money on things that matter to you. The things that your heart really wants Ooh, to do, okay. how yeah. you should spend your money, how we would, would, would construct a plan for you would be based on 
what matters to you? What is it about your life, the things that you care about in your life? So most people in that industry start talking about, well, have enough money for retirement or be able, that's kind of, you know all about that stuff, right? Have enough money yeah, to, yeah. to your kids or mm-hmm. da, 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 whatever it is. And she, she starts from a very different place. And I think when we can tap into our own personal points of view about how we do something, and what we care about. I like to say, you know, what breaks your heart and what pisses you off is a really good place. Oh, to start. there you go. Okay. It's a great place for, to start if people are thinking, well, I'm not really sure what riles me up, right? Well, it's either going to be heartbreaking or it's going to make you angry as hell, right? So, well, let's just ask that fair question of you personally. What, what breaks your heart? Me? And then what pisses oh you off? Oh my God. What breaks my yeah. heart is that so many awesome entrepreneurs and people who really want to um, have a purpose, they have a purpose and they really want to get it out into the world. They don't know how to do that and they just fall by the wayside. Because really your business, what you actually do in your business is a small percentage of what you need to do to create a business, right? It's the fun part for most yeah, that's, people. And that's, right? that's a tweetable moment just for everybody. That is definitely the case that what you do, that, that's, you know, as far it's as- maybe as 20% far as business, of it. That's, uh, it's maybe yeah. 20% of it. And then, you know, the bigger percentage is in the communication and the marketing, getting out in front of people. And, and that's really, to me, heartbreaking to watch people struggle so much. You really don't have to struggle. That's the irony of the whole thing. You know how people are like, business is so hard. Business is really hard to do. Well, guess what? Business is business. And yes, you have to work hard. I'm not saying you don't have to work hard. I'm just saying you don't have to make it harder than it needs to be. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's something that breaks my heart. Um, And what pisses me off is to see people... um, not really knowing what to do. They start things mm-hmm. and they think, oh, this in, in you know, six months or in a year, I'm going to make, you know, half a million dollars. And unless you have that background in business and know kind of exactly where you're going, it's almost impossible because there's so much going on in, in people's um, mindsets that keep them from actually accomplishing the things that they want to want to do because of their limiting beliefs. I, essentially. I could not agree more. And that, and that, there is a point is the limiting beliefs. So for yeah, me so personally, 90% what, what, what do you think? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Well, I would, you know, so for me, the part that what breaks my heart mm-hmm. is seeing people self eliminating themselves from the housing market or from any type of real estate. Like they'll, they'll just decide that they either can't buy or they shouldn't buy or they, you know, whatever the case may be. And then what, um, what also, what really pisses me off is to see how clients have been taken advantage of by both credit card and automobile companies. I mean, the debt, you know, I'm, I, you know, you think about it, financial planners are asset managers. As mm-hmm. a loan officer, I see myself often as a debt manager, trying mm-hmm. to help clients how they can pay the least amount. And the part that also really, really, really pisses me off is the algorithm within the credit reporting system. It is absolutely, you want to talk about guilty until you're uh, um, proven innocent. There is so much power and it's seeing these companies uh, right and left breaking the law. Uh, You know, and I see some people that got so much debt on there, you know, I I think there's maybe another Mother Teresa and she's not doing her life's work because she's so busy paying the bills. Yeah, it's a very distracting thing to pay the bills. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's a necessity that we all need to at least be able to cover our, our, our bills and things like that. But it's very restrictive when that's all you can think about, or all you can think about is yes. how do I pay down my debt? 
you know, that's not yeah. really very aspirational. It's not really going to make you no. feel good. It's a little bit more like making yourself smaller. I say to a lot of people, they're always like coming up with a million reasons why they can't do something. I'm always looking for how yeah. can I do it and how can I like, how can I squirm around the rules and make it happen? How can you, you know, how yeah. can it happen or what, who do I need to know or what, it, what do I need to know that I don't know now? Because in my current state of understanding, it's limited. It's a, it's a, most of it's a belief. Absolutely. And then, and that at the very core for you is that growth mindset, right? You know, like at the very core exactly. and asking the why, you know, not, not getting caught up so much in the how, but getting, you know, you know, that in terms of the why, um, well, why do people make these decisions from a business standpoint? And then also, like I, I used to set, I mean, everybody does their own version of maybe New Year's resolutions or whatever the case may be. Um, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a task, T's crossed. I started, you know, oh, list person, those? lots of lists. <laughs> um, and at the same time, and I do like the, you know, you want to talk about geeking out on numbers. I totally, totally geek out on geek. numbers. That's awesome. I love geeks. Sure, for sure. But one of the things that um, I decided, I always, I, I did this practice a number of years ago where I would pick a word to focus on for the year. What's mm -hmm. that word of the year? Mm -hmm. And the word that I focus on this year, which I thought was really um, that, for everything is to focus on abundance, mm -hmm. abundance in my health, abundance in the relationships with the people that I want to be around with, abundance in my bottom line, as far as my net assets, my wealth and things like that. Mm -hmm. Just abundance of joy, you know, think about what that is versus being limited because uh, for this, this social person, social geek, that's me, but the social person that I am, to not be able to see people, you know, mm -hmm. as, as far as what you did, this has been, you know, like, I need a hug, I need a hug. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sit at my doorstep and all the dogs come by and talk to me, you know, oh, the dog, you know, my like pets yeah. and hugs in in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I think, you know, what you were saying about, you know, abundance, you know, I was speaking to a friend the other day and I was like, money is like air. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. And people don't hold it that way, right? They have this other way of thinking about it. And I'm not saying that's wrong or right. I'm just saying, guess what? It's all in what you say. If you say it's difficult, it's difficult. If you say you can't do something, you can't do it. And there's, there is a, there's a place where we need to become aware of what we say about what we're capable of, because we're really limitless actually as, as beings, right? As energy. And we have these challenges that are helping us hone. I always say, you know, building a business is the biggest growth and development program you'll ever do. Oh, that's a great, yeah. Because yeah. it's like all the challenges of growing yourself, you can't grow beyond your business growth. So it's like, as you grow, your business grows. And that's kind of how it is. And, um, but I think the abundance mindset is how do you allow yourself to be limitless? How does that work? And, and, you know, some of my, I've got a lot of people I study all the time and I love the mind Valley. I don't know if you're aware of the mind Valley people, but it's mind like, Valley. I think, I think I, I'm not, well, I'll have to double check, but I will. Mindvalley.com. Uh, okay. Well, he wrote. Yeah, you know uh, what? Yes. I think I had, you know, it's a great growth and developments, all yeah. these thought leaders and people talking about how do you hack into your mind and create all these different things for yourself so that you can basically, I mean, what it's all about for me is getting what it is you want, whatever that is. If you yeah. want a really loving relationship, then getting that and having that for yourself. If you want a million dollars, getting that and having that for yourself. It's like, what's in the way is usually yeah, and what's keeping us is our mindsets, what we believe in, money doesn't grow on trees kind of deal. When yeah, it's money actually doesn't grow on trees. It's circulating yeah. all over yeah. the place constantly. Well, one of the things, and this is an interesting story uh, with regards to money, um, people that have been around me a lot, they know that I find money everywhere. I find it 
all the time. <laughs> Me too. And a case in point is uh, I was actually at the eWomen Network. Uh, uh, this is a number of years ago at the managing directors. Um, there was a group of us that were going out to go to dinner. And they, I was behind, you know, maybe five or six of the women. And I looked down and I picked up and I'm like, I just picked up a $20 bill. Nice. And literally all five or six of the other ones in front of me had stepped over it. And I showed it to them. I said, you guys, just I'm just by. telling you, it's like that acres of diamond stories. You've got money everywhere. You just all walked past this and you stepped over it. It wasn't like, like you, you didn't like just bypass it. You literally saw stepped. it, didn't recognize it in your own mind and you stepped over it. And yeah. uh, a couple of people were, were they said that that's really changed, but had a really, one of the things that I've been having fun as far as listening to, so definitely as far as my valley, but one of the um, <clears throat> uh, books that I've been reading is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oh, it's a great book. And if you hear me coughing, listeners, this is me getting at the end of COVID. So hang on. <coughs> coughing happens. Maybe a cough still. Um, yeah, Atomic uh, what, Habits. Yeah, James Clear. And one of the things that he talked about in the newsletter, instead of planning for retirement, what about you designing your life? Isn't that a cool idea? That excites about me. that. You know, design your life. And it doesn't take years. It can happen right away. So um, I want to ask a couple of fun, fun questions that we can have some fun with. So what's the word impact mean to you? No, I just love that word. I don't know. It's... It... Impact is about whether you, it's kind of like having influence. Impact is changing, changing to me, changing someone else, one person's life or changing a lot of, it doesn't have to be a lot of people, but a lot of people is a bigger pool. It's so much fun, <laughs> but you know, yeah. one person okay. is really, it's really being able to have an influence in a way that allows change to occur for another person. Not like you can change anybody. So, and I know you change anyone. number of people, but yeah. But yeah, tell me but one I, of your, the, I, I, I know you've done it for a number of people, but tell me about one of your fun stories of somebody that you've made an impact on. Well, my clients in general get impacted for sure. They, they, they come, it's kind of like you go in, but you don't come out the same. And that's really what it's all about to me. I love it. The Roach Motel, you go in, but you can't get out. It's a little bit like you come into my <laughs> sphere, you come into my sphere and things, your way you look at yourself, the way you look at your life, the way you look at your business, all of that changes because of the work that we actually do together. So I had a client, one of my favorite clients, actually, Todd um, Krieger, he came in uh, he was a marriage and family therapist. He'd been doing his business for about 30 years. He was very successful. I mean, he was making six figures and he was like, oh, I never have clients in the summer and I never, I got this book and I got them all stashed in my garage. <laughs> that was before print on demand, I think. And um, mm -hmm. it was just this complete transformation of who he how he saw himself because i was like todd you know your biggest thing that you do is help people with infidelity he was like had 90 percent success rate with infidelity and and i was like you know you're really about making the world safe for love so that we can actually love each other even if we do things to hurt each other we're not really doing it on purpose most of the time we're just, we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to be with each other. We make mistakes. We're human, right? All these things happen. And uh, so we took him and actually rebranded his whole look and feel and made him into what I call a sexy geek. We're talking about the geeks, right? A sexy yes, geek. Yes, yeah. No, I was thinking of him like, you know, like a Justin Timberlake character where he's sexy, but he's actually really geeky. And um, not like, it's not like you paste something on yourself when you brand. It's more like you amplify part of your personality so people can really see you. And when we did that with him, it changed his entire life. 
not only his business life, it changed his personal life with his wife of like 36 years, everything changed. And he was, he was walking taller, he'd enter a room and people would go, who is that? Whereas before he would just kind of walk into the room and be, I wouldn't say a wallflower, but you know, someone that people didn't really notice they were even there. And it was because he was so used to being the therapist behind the scene and not being in the, oh, in the face of his yeah. business, right? Being in the forefront of his business. And what was great for Todd was that he just was on fire. He just got on fire. And uh, today he gets like 4,000 hits on his website monthly. He's got videos online, he gets clients all over the world. All this stuff is, his whole life has changed. And for me, that's the funnest part of the work that I do is being with people and just seeing how they fascinate others and connecting the dots for them in ways that they don't do themselves. You know, it's like we kind that's of play ourselves down and things yeah. like that. We don't Instead really, of as far as that. So. Yeah, we don't really magnify our. We don't magnify magnify us any of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, well, I, I want to make sure our listeners know that this is Karen Fisher, and you are listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise with my wonderful guest Ann Bennett. We're broadcasting remotely on Tucson Business Radio X. So let's let's have some more fun as far as that. I want you. You talked about it a little bit at the beginning. But the four archetypes. Let's oh yeah, you know, let's play with that. I want to do you. Yeah. Do you. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So the archetypes right. are the nurturer, the disruptor, the innovator, and the geek. And I'm just gonna read the characteristics and it's just it's self-identification, right? So sometimes there's more than Got one. It. I will get you whittled into one in a few seconds. Not a problem. Okay, okay, so here's the nurturer. Your brand essence is warm, natural, spiritual, caring, kind, community, generous, and peaceful. Disruptor essence is irreverent, sassy, fun, freedom, spontaneity, image, action, and excitement. Innovator Essence is ideas, original, engaging, action, inspiration, connecting, bold, and unorthodox. And geek is practical, quirky, rules, systems, planning, intense, centered, and structures. So my gut tells me innovator for me. Okay, great. So Let's see how that drills down. And I think everybody, just for clarity, because I think you shared this with me, everybody has a little bit of all of them in them. Yeah, I mean, we're all multifaceted, but what you want to do yes. when you're actually creating a brand and a message is pick one. Pick one, yes. Like mm -hmm. it would be, so for instance, I, I was saying before I use like Oprah as the nurturer, Madonna as the disruptor, Steve Jobs as a innovator and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a geek. So imagine if Ruth Bader Ginsburg was trying to be Madonna. <laughs> It doesn't, doesn't work, work, right? It just it doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah. It's like yeah. really pushed. It doesn't quite yeah. work. Or the other way around. If Madonna was trying to be Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you'd always be going, yeah, there's more There's more to this person. I can't, <laughs> can't right, put yeah. my finger on it, but I know, you know, there's more. And I think, you know, with a brand, it's something to begin. It, these, these kind of archetypes give you a place to begin. A, a place to go, oh, so if I'm an innovator, which is great, how do I speak to people? Using trends and languaging and, and what's the positioning and all these different things that come into innovation. Maybe you actually begin, this is a big thing right now, begin to gamify some of the things that you do. So it's a fun, it's a lot more fun. I know when we first got on the call, she's like, I can't wait, Ed's gonna be here, we're gonna have fun. We are gonna so, have fun, yes. So imagine bringing fun or something that's more like a game into mortgage, let's just say. Like, what would that look like? How far could you push it so that it's not so far off the edge that everybody's like, I don't know what she's talking about but it's just enough fun and dopamine and excitement around 
the whole process of mortgage. So that would be a place for you to really look to develop, start to develop. And, and that, you know, that totally resonates with me because one of the things that people hear, it's kind of funny that you say that because one of the things that people hear me say all the time is, so we've got Summit Funding mm -hmm. as my company, right? And I say it all the time, let's have some fun, S-U-M-F-U-N. And right. so, um, because I wasn't able to go and see people, one of the things that I did, I actually um, I ordered some really fun Tervis cups, you know, the Tervis mugs mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I can't give them to people cause I'm not seeing people face to face. Right. But we did a really fun with our, uh, the summit colors, which are Navy blue and that lime green, which oh, are nice. colors that I personally like. I mean, I'm aligned with summit because they're aligned with me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up with the Tervis mugs. Uh, and we mailed them, but we made sure that they had the blue and the green tissue paper. And I put in the card um, is a little like, what is your income goal for this year? Because I sent it to a group of referral, realtor referral partners. Mm -hmm. And on that card, there's a little, it was a BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. What's your income goal for this year? And uh, my, my vision for that is to have a conversation with those referral partners and back into those numbers because that's the piece where I geek out because I love numbers, mm -hmm. but I have fun with numbers, you know, you have fun yeah. with them. Yeah, and I think it's great to just, you know, I love for me personally, surprise and delight or what's called novelty. Oh. The brain really likes novelty as much as we like consistency, which is important as well. Then there's novelty. So if you're someone who is always doing something a particular way, it's always interesting to throw in a little, a little fun thing, something a little bit different, especially in finances or anything having to do with money yes, because, you know, because it's a serious subject, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, they get very, very serious. You know, the thing that I think about that, and I think where it goes as far as innovator, if, and, and let me see if I'm getting this, because I'm certainly not a branding expert, that's your job. But when I think of that, I think of Southwest Airlines as being an innovator. And an example of that is um, they will do really silly, funny things. Like I have been on flights where they've just done some really silly, funny things. So I'll, I'll remember one time they were, we were landing in the Phoenix airport and the whole airport was under construction. And so you landed and we taxied the long, long ways. And so the little flight attendant gets on the speaker and uh, in her very, very strong Texas accent says, just in case you're all wondering why Southwest Airlines flights are so low, it's because we fly you part of the way and drive you the rest, you know, and people <laughs> exactly. laugh. It made people laugh, but it's, it's, the, it's more of a, but I think about that underlying piece of it it's more of, we've got the safety down so pat and we are so good at what we do and we can have some fun with it. Exactly. You know, because you that's never, refreshing, you know, right? Because yes. things always go wrong. I mean, yeah. come on people. When does it, I mean, 10% um, goes right. <laughs> Thank God yeah. it's a percent well, But, or 20. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, and think about, yeah. yeah. What are you going to think about even as far as an airplane? You say that you're off, you know, how many times, yeah. All these things are, yeah, so, you know, yeah. variable. So I think that's really cute. And Southwest has, you know, really made a name for themselves by changing everything around. How they do everything is actually yes. really changed around. You can change your ticket. Like nobody else lets you change your ticket. Okay. First of all, yeah. they, they already got my attention doing that. You know, you used to be able to change your tickets all the time, but you can't anymore. And they're the only ones. Or like, you know. Yes really give you a seat right you just show up and get a seat as you go on the plane or whatever yeah so it's it's just yeah and, and what they've done, done with that well I want to I want to uh, tap into some of these things because along that same lines um you know because uh, Southwest Airlines has the no uh no change they do a lot of those different things uh, different companies do a lot of those different things but when you talk about and this is something that I know that comes from your total background what is a hook and specifically what is a head whipping hook what do you mean by that 
I love head whipping hooks, you know, because there's hooky things and then there's things that they make your head turn in an instant, right? And mostly those things are done out, they're overlaid or out of context. So it's like a head whipping hook is something that you actually say that you can either say in a video or say in your marketing or say when you're networking to grab attention because there's so much noise and there's so much, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. So you want to interrupt. It's an interruption to the mind chatter and it's like a sound bite. So how they mostly work is a lot of times they're um, alliterations because alliteration is a way of learning things. So it's like, um, if something is in alliteration, you remember it, it's like Dr. Seuss, green eggs and ham, Sam I am, probably remember that. Okay. 95. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, um, what, yeah. So I think so. What are some of the head whipping hooks that you've got? I've done, a, I do them all for my clients all the time and we kind of write them as we go along. But one of the more recent ones, um, oh, yeah. one of the more yeah. recent ones was um, nobody wants to be stared at unless they're stunning. And that was really done for a client of mine that went into the cosmetic industry because she had a horrible accident and had just lost her nose um, in a car accident. Oh my gosh. And then she went into all these different, you know, she had all these surgeries done and went into like the beauty side of an industry. And I was like, that's a really interesting story, right? To what got you into the industry that you're in. Plus, you know, I, I was always thinking about when you walk into a room and you're a really attractive woman or any kind of woman who's really attractive, no, any kind of woman, you want to be, <laughs> you want people to appreciate you, right? Your, your dress or your hair, your outfit, the whole look. And, and I was thinking back to, you know, my mother was born in 1921 and she, I kind of think of her as Audrey Hepburn <laughs> because she always was put together. She wasn't a fancy woman, like doing her nails and all that stuff, but she knew because she was from the depression, she knew how to dress and look really sharp all the time. And so I thought, well, nobody wants to be stared at if they're like, kind of, you know, they don't, feel that good about themselves or feel that great. But if you're stunning, of course, mm -hmm. you want everybody to notice. So that's how, the hook, yeah. that's how the hook came about. But those hooks are created um, really, there's a format to it, but we create them together in a conversation. And they're great for videos. They're great for um, introducing yourself. So instead of going, hi, I'm Ann Bennett, and I work with women entrepreneurs who struggle with la la la, you know, because we've heard it so much over the years, it's fun to say stuff like, yeah. it's smart to fit in, but it's, it's brilliant and profitable to stand out. Come and talk to me if you feel like People you'd like to be seen, mm -hmm. right? You know, you don't have to say that much because you're saying a hook. Mm -hmm. People are going to remember and the hook that that is huge as far as for business and as far as the business owners as they start to think about this so um well what um so several people right now have become entrepreneurs for the first time because of covid they've been thrust into the entrepreneurial world hello i so call it the reluctant, the, ways... the reluctant entrepreneur yeah <laughs> exactly that you're there but Do so it. some of the things and they listen to a lot to the show but what's the fastest way for people to get visibility and as we call it, make some bank, you know. Yeah, make the bank, baby. A lot uh, of people are fearful. Yeah. I think the biggest, the quickest way always is to be seen. Be seen and have a message that connects with people. You want to have a message that connects and you want to have a brand that people aspire to. So the reason these brands have grown so fast, like Nike and, and Apple and all these brands, is people aspire to something bigger than themselves. Like when we were talking about what 
pisses you off and breaks your heart. It's about getting to something bigger than you, bigger than your personality. Yeah. Really important. And I think that people overlook every, everywhere we go, we're speaking. Every, you know, that all the yeah. world's a stage is really true, right? So it's like we yes, used to go is. to the coffee yeah. store and meet friends and talk about stuff and go to the dog run, meet friends, talk about stuff. All those places are places for you to actually start to use your voice about what it is you do. You want, don't really want to talk so much about what you do as much as the future that someone is going to get when they work with you. It's more and that's critical. I want you to repeat that one more time yeah. for those. You listeners. don't really want to talk about what you do, like the strategies and tactics or any of that. You want to talk about the transformation, the future that the person is going to be living into. Maybe they're going to be healthy. Maybe they're going to make a lot of money. Maybe they're going to feel comfortable in their skin, whatever it is. That's what you want to talk about. That's what you want to make your hooks about, your titles about. You don't really want to talk about the granularness of business, your business, mostly because it's not aspirational and it's not inspirational. Oh, there <laughs> you go. It's like a lot of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying hard work isn't involved, but as a human being, I'm like, show me the easiest and simplest way to do something that yes. I can fun doing it and I know I can do it mostly it's I can actually do that thing so well and, and then really part of the things and you've said this several times as far as the fun it's got to be um there's that there's that part that as far as like what energizes you you know like to me what energizes you what is it that fuels you you know I it, to me, I mean, I love it when I find out that people have gotten their keys. That's such a fun thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to know that you're the, but, you know, I talk about for me personally, I'm the connector. I'm not just, I'm not just, I connect people to money, to resources, to, you know, that's one of the main reasons why I am doing this show, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. I'm always, you know, my daughter says that I collect people. Like, mm -hmm. collect people? What do you mean by that? She goes, yeah. You know, and you remember their stories, you know, everything about them. And I, I, I do know that that sets me apart from other uh, loan originators because you're not just a number to me, right? right. And then, and then, and I, and I love the story behind the scenes because it's, it's amazing what some people have gone through to get to where they are. Mm -hmm. And, and we, all, we all and, have stories. We all have stories. Yeah, absolutely. Stories. Some, yeah. you know, more, more yeah. dramatic than others. I always tell people I'm recovering from a normal life. <laughs> recovering <laughs> from growing up a normal I life. I love it. You know, because most yeah. of my friends and people around me have lived more, more through a lot more tragedies and a lot more things when they were younger than, than I did. Yeah. And, um, but I think it's so true. It's like, it's all about realizing that people are connecting with you. They're not connecting with the mortgage broker or whomever else. They're actually yeah. connecting with you. And um, it, it becomes very important to use your voice, use your story, um, you know, get out and share, be a speaker, if you will. You don't necessarily have to be a professional speaker, but you need to talk. You need to use your voice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it's just that the, when you're talking about talking and using your voice, I think that that's, uh, I really find that that is a funny thing in one way, because, you know, I look at my report card, somebody had posted this, but I do, I remember my report cards, they're like, Karen's a very talkative little girl, Karen's a little talkative, <laughs> basically it was, if Karen would just shut up, she could right. get her school done. She's chatty, now she has her that. own radio show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now I have my own radio show, and I I uh, talk for a living. I remember our son-in-law saying, because uh, they've ended up being at our house because of COVID for um, for months, because they were working. They're both in graduate school and they're working remotely, and so they um, one of the things is so we divided and conquered. We had workspaces for all of us in the house, and one of the things that they said uh, that he Enrique said was. 
I had no idea how much you were on the phone, like all day long. So that's the talkative part. So, um, so, you know, one of the things that I would love to have, and we're just about wrapping up on here, but for you personally, what are some of the bigger challenges that you've had for building your own business and things that you'd like to, that wisdom to impart to people to say, you know, if I had known this, I would have done that. Well, the biggest thing for me is always, if I would have known that you actually could get your biology to work for you and not against you, that's where I would go first. I would go first to mindset and how do I get my, my nervous system, my biology, everything in my mind to align so that I'm grounded and I'm moving in the direction that I want to go. That's so, so important. And the other thing I would say is it takes however long it takes. I mean, we're always into this like hustling and grinding and this whole idea. My brother told me when I first started, you're never going to be successful, sis, because you're not a grinder. And I was like, that doesn't sound like fun. I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be a grinder. (laughs) (laughs) I like to work hard or I like to, you know, I just get inspired in in the work and and the people that I'm with. But it, and, and then it's, it becomes easy. It's not like a difficult thing. And um, it's really look for the pieces that you love to do. Mm. For the pieces that you love to do. And then, and then other, other things, let other people do them for you once you make enough money to pay other people, which is usually right away. <laughs> right away, yeah. you want to pay a housekeeper, a bookkeeper, uh, get a VA because it's a lot, as you know, Karen, tremendous amount of things to do, a tremendous amount of different layers of things to do, but stay focused on who you are, your message and your brand first, and then add the different ways you can market. A lot of times people just go out and start marketing with no direction. Well, and what they do is that they start copying what other people are doing, but not recognizing that it's not a great connection because you're marketing the way somebody else is doing it, but it's not you. And people resonate with you and that's how things go. So, yeah. oh my gosh, Ann, can you believe our hour is already up? No. It's already up. That's what happens. See, we are alone, um, and you're really. I know. I know. So flies by. Well, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart being our guest today. Um, I wish that you were in the studio and we were going out for a glass of wine afterwards. Um, That that'll happen soon. And I, I just again, listeners. But you absolutely need to follow Ann Bennett. We have all of her details up on the, uh, uh, actually on the Healthy Wealthy Wise website. And I love this. Let's just say one more thing. Get unruly and change the world. So thank you again. Once again, we're signing off. I'm Karen Fisher, your hostess of our broadcast, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. And thank you so much, Ann, for being my guest. The first one of 2021.